Ever waddle to the bathroom after sex? Towel between your legs? Desperately trying to keep the freshly delivered load from dripping down your leg and onto your hardwood? Well, worry no more. Awkward Essentials introduces the drip stick, or as I like to call it, the cum sponge. This medical grade sponge sucks up jizz before it sneaks onto your sheets. Visit awkwardessentials.com today and use my code WYP for a 10% discount. They offer numerous products for all types of fun fluids. Keep your shorts semen free and use my code today. That's WYP and save 10%. Awkward Essentials, making bodily fluids less awkward. podcast may contain adult themes, sexual discussions, and strong language. We want everyone to be educated, but we are intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. On today's episode, we'll be discussing military wives and marriage. Oh, wait, the joke. <laughs> You're going to have to cut that part out. It's okay. Nope, we're not cutting it. <laughs> wait. That in. Um, what's long and hard and full of semen? A submarine? Yeah, a submarine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and now, Ooh, with love, from Henry. Huntington Beach, your host, Ashley Weller. Yo. <laughs> Welcome, fellow human, to another episode of What's Your Position? That was a good joke. Thanks. That's on, I thought it was topical. It's on brand. I was going to make an Oceanscape joke. <laughs> oh, I was thinking of <laughs> Oh, no. Works for many reasons. It does. Oh, that is very topical. My goodness. Uh, welcome to a full frontal episode all about military wives, spouses, and marriages. We have uh, joining us again, thankfully, um, Courtney, who was on an episode previously talking about her brand new book, Not Tonight, Honey. Um, and she had so much interesting information about who she is, what she does for a living outside of being an amazing author. She is also a coach. Um, and she's going to explain that in just a minute. But she talked about um, military wives and it sparked a something in my brain. I have a lot of, we have a mutual friend, the person who recommended you to this podcast, mm -hmm. who is in, has a military husband and you yourself are married to mm -hmm. a service member. Um, yes. member. And uh, we wanted to, I wanted to talk about it at the same time that you talked about your book, but I was like, no, that's a whole ass episode. Like that's an entire episode in and of itself talking about being in the military. And it's something yeah. that I'm not familiar with. Um, I don't have any family that served while I, where it affected me in any way. Mm -hmm. Like my stepbrother is still in the Marines, but that doesn't affect like my day-to-day -day life. Sure. Um, my dad was never in the military. My mom was never in the military. I've never dated anyone in the military. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it's just so interesting to me. And I think that there's a lot of listeners who will get a lot out of a conversation sure. um, surrounding a topic like this. So I really appreciate your willingness to come back and your vulnerability talking about yeah. this. So thank, thank you so you. much for having me, Ashley. I'm excited to be what? here. So, so can you tell us a little bit about what you do as far as being a coach? 
Sure. So I um, am a trained mental health and sex therapist, life coach, and Reiki practitioner. And so essentially what all that means is I've been trained in the traditional uh, Western evidence-based approaches. I have two master's degrees, and then I've also been trained in some more um, energy Eastern approaches. And I meld a traditional therapy approach with coaching and help individuals and couples infuse passion and purpose back into their lives. That's incredible. Holy <laughs> shit. Um, how many couples are you coaching right now? Oh, um, let's see. So five, five couples right now. And then I also work with individuals too. So, and you do, um, evidence-based marriage therapy, but you also do holistic and like working with different theories. Um, what theory do you tend to uh, utilize the most? Do you think, which one do you go back to the most? Um, gosh, I mean, I would say I, I'm not trained in marriage and family therapy. I'm trained in mental health counseling, but mm, so okay. a lot of times couples will come to me with issues in communication, um, lack of sex, in their, mm -hmm. in their relationship. And so I like to use a combination of, oh gosh, lots of them, CBT, internal family systems. Um, uh, I do some NLP neuro-linguistic programming. I do some motivational interviewing. It just kind of depends on what the couple's needing. What do you think is, a, is one of the most common reasons that couples seek counseling? Um, the next phone call is a divorce lawyer. <laughs> so oh. they seek it in, in my, for, with me, um, they may for other reasons, but in mm -hmm. my experience, it's usually like we have tried everything on our own unsuccessfully. We really don't want to get a divorce, but that's pretty much where it's headed. And so we're going to make one last ditch effort to try to save the marriage by going to see a yeah. professional. That's some freaking pressure on, <laughs> oh, yeah. on you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I, I always They're tell like, couples, save us. Yeah. Man. I always tell couples, I say, Hey, I like, I get it. This, you know, this is a tough spot to be in. If you're not willing to put in the work, like I'm trying to gauge your motivation, just save us all a lot of time and money and energy oh. and just call the divorce lawyer. Because oh. if, if you're at that point, it's so, yeah. it's kind of, it's like coming to a personal trainer when you need to lose a hundred pounds versus like 20 pounds. And so right. when you wait till you need to lose a hundred pounds, it's going to cost you more time, money, energy, and all of the things. And it's wow. not that it's not possible, right? What I can help. Fucking like, yeah, what a great way to reframe that for people. Yeah. And I guess yeah. it would be really challenging when 50% of the couple <laughs> is invested and the other is not. Can you usually tell if there's oh, yeah. one that's more? In oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. One, yeah. One's like, save this marriage. And the other one's like, I, I don't give a shit. Care. Yeah. Can you tell when both are invested? Can you see like like when both people are, are present and you know that this is going to, okay, I, I can tell that I, I yeah. don't have my, I have my work cut out for me, but this yeah. one's going to be a bit easier. Like I can, I can tell I'm going to have an easier time with this couple. Yeah. I, I always say I cannot work with, I mean, I can, I can help save marriages in any condition, but the one thing I can't work with is apathy. So if I have one, oh. cup, one, one of the person who's like, you know what, like, I just don't care anymore. Like he's a great guy. I wish him the best. I, I can't like hate rage. Yep. I can work with that all day long, but apathy, like completely just like, meh, 
I, I can't, I can't like, there's no, if there's hate, that means there's love because there's yes. an emotion. Yes. There's people something think, there. Yes. People think that the opposite of love is hate. And I believe that the opposite of love is indifference. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm like but tearing up right now. Oh. Um, what percentage of families do you, or marriages or individuals do you work with that are in some sort of branch of the military or are married to someone in the military? Oh gosh. I would say that they're connected usually to, I'd say 50% have some type of connection. Either they're a DOD like civilian. Um, so mm. that means that they're not active duty, but they still work within the government or they're like related. A lot of my business is from referrals. And so somebody refers oh, yeah. them like Makes sense. work with your mom. Oh, now I want to work with you. I want you to work with my son. And now I want you. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, uh, I'd say a, a significant, about 50%. So I have a statistic okay. of the day. Okay. It's the of the day. So Research shows those in a military career, so basically individuals working in any branch of the military, whether they are deployed or whether they are just, uh, they stay here, they work in an office, they work for the Department of Defense, like you say, Mm -hmm. but those with a military career have the highest divorce rates of any career. Wow. In 2019, 3.9% of people in the field of divorce had, in the field of military, had gotten a divorce within that year, which is how much more than any other field? Is it, is it uh, doubled, tripled, quadrupled? I don't even know. That's tripled? 3.9%. 3.9% of individuals working in the military got a divorce last year, which is how much more than a civilian getting a divorce? How many more civilians are coming? 3.9% of marriages last year. Uh, it's such a hard statistic to read. Yeah, it, the, it's not hitting my ears the way <laughs> I'm not quite okay. comprehending it. So she said triple. I said triple. I'm going to go with that. Okay. I think double. Okay. Triple, triple, and double. So you think that the military divorces are triple the amount of any other career. Sure. And you think they're doubled. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. If you're listening and you understood what the fuck I just said, (laughs) you go ahead and think of yours as well. And don't let me forget to do the stat at the the end. Okay. All right. Is this something that you have noticed in your field that military marriages end in divorce more than civilian marriages? Um, yeah, I would say, yeah, I mean, I know that, gosh, that's hard because usually what will happen is, yeah, I'll just, for the short answer. Yes. I will say yes. (laughs) (laughs) And there's so many different reasons why. So, um, 92% of military spouses are women. So 92% of us, of military spouses are women, which means that the majority of people in the military careers are men and Mm -hmm. they have spouses. Um, 53% of those women uh, participated in the labor market. Mm -hmm. That means that women who are military wives, military spouses, it's difficult for them to get 
and yep. further a career. So 100%. they aren't being fulfilled by a job because mm -hmm. they get, have to pack up and move whenever that person is uh, being yeah, moved. So yep. no you can't you put can't. roots down. You can't nope. say I'm going to be in this career and further myself in this career because you yeah, don't know when you're going to leave. If you, yep. uh, if you leave every year, one or two years, yeah. I mean, and say uh, an executive position would take you five years to work for yep. whatever. I don't know. Making partner at a law firm, yep. making tenure as a professor, no, like out of the question. And then because you're moving. Yeah. And then because you're moving, you move, you lose friends everywhere Absolutely. you go. Mm -hmm. You lose your social circle. Yep. Ouch. True. And then mm -hmm. <laughs> you are a There's single more. parent. If yep. You have children. Mm -hmm. You get deployed for a year. And you're just a single mm -hmm. mom. That's crazy. Yep. Mm -hmm. Without a social support, mm -hmm. without a job. You know, yeah. I've heard those, uh, there's those jokes. I've seen them on like TikTok and Instagram, like where uh, military guys always get cheated on. Cause we'll hold the phone because then you have to go without sexual intimacy and feeling desired and feeling wanted while your partner's away. And you can't even engage in anything that makes you feel intimate because a lot of spouses um, don't communicate about yeah. what their needs are. And this person, 92% of spouses are wives. So I'm going to go with that. So these wives can't have a job, can't have friends, single parents, they're lonely as fuck, and they're horny as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what, what could possibly go wrong with that combination? Right. <laughs> Did I miss anything? I just, I'm just like formulating in my head where there's this, like this woman where she's bouncing around to a new city every year. She goes to a new city. She has no friends. She can't find a job. She's kind of down. And then mm -hmm. some dude walks into her life in some capacity and is like, hey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> can pick out the, the, the you yeah. know, the wounded wildebeest, Absolutely. you know, out of yeah. a crowd of people and go over to her and be like, oh, your husband's deployed. Oh, mm -hmm. I know about the army. Da, 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 da. Let me talk about it. Courtney, mm -hmm. you want to guess which branch of the military has the highest divorce rate? Ooh. Uh, the Marines. Anyone else want to guess? That's what I would go with. Yeah, probably. It's the army oh, because ooh. they have the special reserves. Oh, the special and forces. The special reserves have a 90% divorce rate among ooh. them. Interesting. So, Courtney, I would yes. love for you, if you could, <laughs> to tell me about what it's like to be a military wife. When did you get, how old were you when you met? Did you, did he know he was going to go into the military? Was yeah. that something that you had to discuss before you got married? How old were you when you got married? Answer those 12 questions okay. and then we have some more. Yes. <laughs> Let's see. So I, well, I grew up really religious. So I got married young. I'd get married at 22. My husband was 21 and he... Cougar. Yeah, I know. Right. The whole have five yeah. months older than him. <laughs> um, and so he had applied to medical school and then got into medical school. And then when he was in medical school, talked to a recruiter and then he joined the army his first year of medical school. And so then he, and they paid for his school. They paid for medical school. Correct. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, so he, so did he join because he wanted his school paid for or because he wanted to join the army? Um, no, because he wanted to join the army. So his grandpa served in World War II and received a Purple Heart. And so he and he was really close to his grandpa. And that was um, one of the ways that he felt connected by joining and, and wanting to serve. So, yeah. um, I mean, was so there an incentive? He, yeah. But 
Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Did he go into the army as something medical? So was he like working in the military hospital or did he get yeah. deployed and was like the medic on site? Yeah. So medics are different than doctors. And so he, the, when you're in medical school, you join and you go to um, officer basic training for like six weeks or eight weeks during one of your medical school summers. But then when you finish medical school, you're expected typically, sometimes there's exceptions that you go and you do your residency at a military training hospital. So oh, okay. there's certain hospitals in the U.S. where you can go and do internal medicine residency or dermatology or surgery. And yeah. yeah. And then from there you can, he went on to do a fellowship because he's a specialist. And then from there you get placed at a different, um, what does he do? He's a pulmonary critical care physician. So he does lungs oh, and the doctor? ICU. No, no pulmonary. Lungs. Pul pul Hi. Yeah. No, smart. It's okay. Smart person over here. <laughs> it's lungs. okay. Yeah. So Yay. he does lungs and oh. um, the ICU. Oh, all right. Mm -hmm. Did he get deployed? Did he go? Yes. Mm -hmm. oh. So he was deployed actually during COVID, <laughs> during 2020. Um, and so we're stationed in Germany. And that was really one of the hardest things I've ever been through was being in a foreign country where the borders were closed and Germany was really strict on like lockdowns and fines and like no socializing. And he was, where was he? To, he was in Africa for seven months. Dang. Mm -hmm. What country? Um, yeah. What country in Africa? He was in Somalia. Okay. So mm -hmm. when you met your husband, yeah. You guys, he, you didn't know he was going to go into oh, the no, military. No, mm -mm, no, there was no discussion about that. Nope, absolutely not. Okay. So when he signed up, did he mm -hmm. take that and did he take, did he ask yeah, we your opinion it. on the yep. matter? Yep. And mm -hmm. what did you, what did you consider? I mean, you were, you're in your twenties. So what did you oh, yeah. really know about oh, yeah. the military? And I was like, 23 years old. You... Nope. Had no idea. I was like, Oh, like the recruiter did a great job. And at, you know, at first the statistics show that most people just fulfill their commitment. So he, most people who do have the military pay for their medical school or their nursing school or whatever, they'll do like the four years. So they pay for four and then you owe four and then you're out. And well, he decided to do a specialty. So then that adds more time. And then oh. like you're at, well, so now we're at 13 years and, um, we, we could have gotten out a few years ago, but we wanted the opportunity to move to Europe. And so that was kind of a bargaining thing of, but yeah, back to your question of, um, I mean, I was up for an adventure. I, I was like, hey, I can work. I, I knew that I wanted to work and help people. I wasn't, um, I was in graduate school at the time. And so I knew that I was going to be a therapist in some capacity and was like, oh, it can't be that hard. <laughs> I was so naive <laughs> because every state has different licensure requirements. Yeah. yeah. You can't get licensed in California and go be a therapist in Colorado or no, Germany. Sure for that yeah, matter. No, no, you cannot. <laughs> yes. So, so, mm -hmm. so then you had kids mm -hmm. now yeah. this whole time he's in the same place. He didn't leave, right? Like he's in the same, he's going to school in the same place. And then yep. he, he did four years during that four years. Did you guys move around? No. So for med school, he was 
in at Indiana University for four years and we had our first kiddo there. And then he, for residency for internal medicine, we were stationed at Madigan, which is in Tacoma, Washington. And we were there for three years. Shout out to my homies in mm-hmm. Washington. Washington. I know. Yay. That's where I'm from. That's um, why we know each other. Yes. It's a small little world. It. It's crazy. And then we that's had our- You got to go back home. Yes, it was, it was, which was great because I had my other two kids there and my parents were like 45 minutes from me and I oh, could, that's yeah, nice. it, it was so, which is why he ranked Madigan as number one. So, mm, but then, okay. but then when my son, my youngest was, um, five weeks old, we moved to, to San Antonio, Texas for his fellowship. And that was five weeks old, five so you, weeks old a two year old yeah. and a four year old. Oh yep. my God. Oh my, oh my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh we my knew God. one. We knew one couple in the entire state of Texas when we moved there, oh. and that was Jesus. oh man, that was hard. Yeah. So okay, so then tell us just a couple fun little quirks about being a military wife that people may mm. not realize. I have one that I'm going to start with. That okay, please. Do. I found. Yeah. So apparently, please tell me if this is bullshit or folklore. Okay. In there's a manual that you get. If you live on the base or if you are a military, there's a manual that explains to you how to be a good military wife. And one of the sections is about going and this may not apply to you because, well, they have a ball, don't they? Because the Marine Mm -hmm. Corps has a ball. Yeah. So it's the Marine Corps ball hand handbook and it tells women no cleavage. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. Yes. Also, (laughs) never speak while your husband is speaking. And okay, I haven't always seen that. show respect to your husband. And like, mm. then there's also this crazy thing that people don't realize, but your social circles are based on your husband's rank. So who you're allowed to, not allowed yeah. to be friends with, but who you're friends with is based on your husband's rank in his military section. That's yeah. Weird. Okay. So let me address the, I, I know that there is a manual somewhere. I, we've never lived on base before or post. So it depends. Mm. So Base is if you're Air Force, people will typically say, I live on base or you're going to base. Post is uh, the exact same thing. It's just the Army term for it. Okay. And they said, yeah, because it was on base. She was like, I can't leave the house if I'm not, I can't leave my house in my leggings or my pajamas. Like I can't go outside in in pajamas. If I'm going to get gas or going to run to the store to get milk, I have to be dressed and ready outside. And Mm -hmm they have to know the ranks of people because if like high ranking people walk by them, they have to like stop what they're doing and like not salute because they're not in, in the military, but yeah. they do have to show, they have to know what all the stripes mean. They have to like oh, learn interesting. different language. It was crazy. So I'm assuming that there's probably different degrees of how much this, because I had a friend that told me something kind of similar about like the friend circle that you could have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it could be kind yeah. of funky. So there's, yeah, there's two, there's like the enlisted and then there's the officers and it's frowned upon to have like fraternization, which is where you have, um, officers and enlisted people conversing. There's no like real, like as if one of my friends, her husband is enlisted and we've been really good friends for four years, like, and we've had them over, like he's air force, we're army. There's no like crossover. He's in a completely different field. So we'll right. still socialize with them, but there is an unwritten kind of expectation, um, especially like the higher ranking you go, like you're, you're not encouraged to socialize with people if they're enlisted and you're an officer. 
And that makes sense, though. I mean, it's similar, like in in just like an occupation, like a career. If you're a manager, you shouldn't. Oh, that's fair. Hang out in certain oh. capacities and stuff like that. So that makes it makes sense, though. That, that does makes sense. Like if you're an officer. Okay, I already know what. That's a good way to fucking put it, husband. All yeah. right. Um, job, another husband. thing that people find interesting that maybe civilian. I'm gonna call. So I'm gonna say civilian, even though I, I think that's, that's the right term. Yeah, right? It is. Yep. Not um, military. Mm-hmm. Muggle. Uh, <laughs> Yes, also accurate. <laughs> so shut up. Uh, another thing people may not understand is like Kevin and I, when we come home from work, we get to talk about how our day is. Mm. And for individuals in the military or working in the Department of Defense, that's not always possible. Correct. Like yeah. you have to completely. Co- I feel like that goes for um, like first responders too, though. Like mm-hmm. people whose spouses are, are policemen and firemen, like they probably don't come home and talk about like the robbery that they helped stop. But I think that that's just something that not a lot of people understand is that you can't really talk about your job. And then another Mm -hmm. thing that you don't really understand uh, is that um, they're all there. If your husband or wife is deployed, um, you constantly are worrying that they're not going to come home. Like, and you have to, I don't, I mean, people drive so that's a scary thought but like that's war like you your husband or wife is deployed in a country where there's the potential for combat yeah Yeah. has your husband ever faced combat he's been in active wars like areas but as a physician they do not put them on the front line but he was deployed with um like special forces like navy seals and stuff so he was definitely in um like a, a live or a, a combat zone yeah. knowing the the things we talked about earlier the mm-hmm. loneliness the constant uprooting mm-hmm. the single parenting you know you can't make plans i mean no. it's <laughs> that's so funny no you can't yeah. holidays and birthdays are just days on the calendar at that yep. point because oh, yeah. you're just it doesn't matter that it's no. mother's day or your birthday or your fucking anniversary nope. um And then also the loneliness, like intimate loneliness of Mm -hmm. those. What do you hear most from your clients uh, Mm -hmm. as being like the toughest thing to get over or the one that they have the hardest time coping with? I think it's the emotional disconnect from their spouses, from their partners. It's Mm there a lot because they have to be a lot of service people. I would say a lot of since most of the military is men, um, a lot of them, a lot of men lack emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and they just have not been raised with the skills to communicate and to be aware, well, one, to be aware of their feelings and then two, to communicate those feelings. And then and they're then, in this hyper-masculine exactly. environment. Yes. And then in a place where you're not, shouldn't talk about certain things. Or, or um, be emotional. At, you're a robot when you exactly. are in war. Yeah, like, you are. You yes. Because if you absorbed orders. all of those emotions Correct. that you were experiencing in combat, you would implode. So you have Correct. to become yes. closed off in order Correct. to save yourself from... Yes feeling those feelings right yeah. then i would i'm imagine please anyone who's listening who is active service or um, no longer active service i thank you for your service and i don't mean to presume or speak for you i promise i'm just assuming that this is what's happening yeah i mean it's a self-protective mechanism right you can't be feeling for the people that you're bombing or the people that you're you know like going and invading or whatever yeah. liberating you know like you 
there has to be this disconnect as a way to survive. But then that if you don't repair that and work on that, then that also applies to your interpersonal relationships as well. I can imagine too, if you're active and you sign up at 18 and you Mm. spend a tour or two in Afghanistan or Iraq or whatever. That is shaping your brain. Well, yeah, those are like the really formative years of how you, when you're becoming Mm. uh, an adult Mm. and learning how to deal with just life in general. And I feel like that kind of, it kind of takes you out of that development because you're, you're, yeah, like the military conditions you to be something. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely not an emotional being. <laughs> no, no. So it's like you come back and you're like, okay, now where did I leave off when I was just a normal person yeah. at 18 years old? Not only that, but it's time travel. Like your husband comes home and your kids are huge. Like yeah. he time travels and he misses, he misses moments. Then like you're trying to have these in, inside jokes. Oh my God, do you remember when... Bobby fell uh, mm-hmm. on the fireplace and said, oh, fuck. And we all laughed because he's only two. <laughs> like, no, you don't because you weren't yeah. here. And like, yeah. do you remember that Christmas? Oh, that's right. No, because you weren't here. So, yep. yeah, I would imagine that emotional connection is what's missing. Um, yeah. How do you help um, your clients work on that part of their relationship, that emotional connection? Yeah, I think to help the individual, the person that is struggling with that to start to be aware that that that's what's happening. I think a lot of times it's just like what your husband was saying. Sorry. I'm sorry. Is it Kevin? Is it what's yeah. Kevin? Okay. What yeah. Kevin was saying was like, yeah, like you come in at 18. So you're like, this is just how it's always been. And so mm-hmm. there, and especially if you get married young and Ugh. you don't have a lot of resources and support. And so your, your, your well is not very deep yeah. with what you're yeah. working with. And so really trying to help them, you know, bring attention and awareness to like how these events have shaped, how this is preventing you from like tapping into your emotions, being aware of them, being in control of them. Um, that is, really just some basic education that happens first and then helping them to create a safe space within themselves, within their community, you know, finding healing for any type of trauma that they've experienced, whether pre-military or, you know, during the military. Um, Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break. Okay. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some solutions that we can maybe look to that might be things that you've heard before. Go to therapy, um, you know, make sure you are communicating, writing, and but then some things that might be a little outside of the box and trying everything we can um, to make sure that our marriages, whether civilian or military based, are as healthy as possible. We'll be right back. I have to turn my head until my darkness goes. I see a line of cars and they are painted black. With flowers and my love will never to come back. You're making out, you start feeling your way downtown. One of you wants to make a move to Cunnilingusville, but you don't have protection. 
Dental dams are hard to use, hard to come by, and condoms taste like, well, condoms. Hundreds of millions of people worldwide have STIs that can be transmitted via oral sex. So let me introduce you to Laurels, a first-of-its-kind product that provides protection, sexy style, and comfort. And it tastes like vanilla. Laurels for Protection are FDA-approved for STI protection during oral-based activities. And Laurels for Pleasure are the perfect cross between sexy lingerie and kinky toys. These thin and incredibly stretchy single-use silky latex undies are worn during fingering, rimming, oral sex, tribbing, and more. Head over to mylaurels.com to get your four-pack today. Be sure to use my code for a discount at checkout. What's your position podcast? All one word. And remember, stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy with laurels. another full frontal joining us is courtney all the way from germany guten tag courtney and yes yes don't shame for being on <laughs> bitte <laughs> Uh, we are talking about military spouses, what it's like to be married in the military from someone who is in the military and also from an individual who does counseling for couples. Um, and she does see a handful of individuals working with the Department of Defense in the Department of Defense in the military or are married to someone who works in one of those areas. Um, before we uh, went to break, we were talking about things that civilians may not realize exist inside of a military marriage. And at the break, you mentioned something. So can you tell us yeah. what, uh, what it is you thought of that was that maybe people don't know about? Yes. So most people don't realize that it is um, against the the rules and you can be kicked out of the military if you are dishonorably married. discharged dishonorably discharged yes um lose your benefits um it is a court martial marshable offense if you have oh. sex with someone other than your spouse okay <laughs> question okay how do they enforce this like yeah. if a spouse comes and says my husband was deployed and cheated on me or a husband comes home from war and walks in and his wife is sleeping with someone else. What do they do to the wife? She doesn't get nothing. What do they do? No, nothing. So it's only the service member that can be prosecuted. So oh. like, for example, so if it was my, I'm not active duty, but my husband is. So if I was, you know, having a relationship with somebody, not my husband, they can't prosecute me. But if my husband was, then and there was proof, and that's the thing. Like, it, it's very uncommon that this that this happens. It's usually most common in dual military, like a, a both parties um, are military. So, yeah. like, I've heard of cases where it's you know they're in the same unit, they're both active duty, they're both married to other people, and like it's obvious. Yeah, uh -huh. like it's obvious that something's going on, and usually one of the spouses will like 
um, contact one of their commanding officers and show emails. Here's a question. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. What if the spouses agree to it? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. So like, what if mm. the spouses want their yep. spouse to have mm. sex with other people? Doesn't matter. Okay. So there can't yep. be like a loophole nope. of, there's no, there's no open marriage. There's no non-monogamy clauses. There's no, is there, like why is what's, what is the reasoning behind making a rule? Like, is it patriarchy? Is it like religion? Is it, is that it? That's, okay. That's tradition. I mean, yeah. are you asking my personal opinion? Yes. But um, <laughs> they, if they see it as like an upholding like a morality, like an upholding okay. a morality clause um, that, you know, like you need to be above approach or whatever. If you're single, you can have sex with anybody that you want. However, I think in the Marines, it may be in other branches as well, that if you are single and you have sex with like another, like an office, not an officer's, another military member's spouse. So even though the spouse isn't active duty, but you know that they're married to somebody that's in the military and you as a single person, that is unbecoming um, behavior or something. And so you can, I don't know if you can be discharged for that, but you can, um, it's there's some sort of repercussions. Yeah. I, okay. What? So the people who you are spending all of your time with, right. Yeah. This group that you now have to, cause you don't, you're moving, right? So you meet these people and, I don't, that's crazy. I'm literally yeah. flab, I'm flabbergasted. It's okay. Yeah. I'm going to give you my statistic. I'm going to tell you my statistic of the day now. Cause I just remembered and I don't want to forget again, but I okay. said at the beginning, a survey showed that 3.9% of individuals in the military got divorced last year, which is double the amount mm. of civilian divorces that I were seen right. last year. So Mia won that one. Good job, Mia. Um, <laughs> Is 1.9%, almost 2%. There's 2% of other divorces in other sectors of, of the world, but the military had almost 4% of, of the divorces last year. So yeah. it's double. Um, how can you help couples avoid divorce? What is What are yeah. some tools that you're having them implement? Like, are you having them uh, like communicate more frequently through letters? Is that, do you find that to be helpful or like having a, because uh, they can't really do weekly fucking date night because you never yeah. know what time it is in the place that you're at. So how do you help them navigate? What are some tools you have? Yeah. Maybe think, some that are normally in a toolbox and some that are not normally in not a toolbox. Normally. We can do that. So I think most of the time, not not all MOSs, not, not all jobs have where it's super chaotic, but if you're able to find some predictability in, in your schedule that I try to find, like encourage them to find. So if we know that like every Wednesday I get off at five, but the other days it's super crazy, then focus on those days that you have the stability, the predictability, and try to do something intentional that fills both of your cups. And I think that's probably like the first step, like, I guess we should reverse Mm -hmm. a little bit is helping is I try to help each person identify like 
what needs they're needing to be met and how the other person can do that. So it, it like the five love languages is a really popular one. Um, I love the five love languages. Yeah. And there's, um, there's, oh gosh, I was just reading an article about like a modernization um, of mm-hmm. the five love languages. I haven't Where they added it. an intellectual one. Yes. yes. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Oh, so great. And yeah. so being able to, like be like work smarter and not harder. I think a lot of couples speak the wrong language, you know, like Mm -hmm. one spouse, it'll be like, well, I'm like sending her flowers and I'm like buying her, bringing her these gifts back from like my TDYs. A TDY is a temporary duty station. So that's when they go to like for a week or three months and they'll go somewhere temporarily and then they'll come back. So sometimes when a spouse, a person is on TDY, they're like, oh, well, I'll bring you back like macaroons from Paris on my last day there or whatever. Or, I mean, they're usually not that glamorous. TDYs are usually like to the middle of nowhere, you know, but I did have a friend who did that once. Her husband did that. I thought that was pretty cool, but. I'll bring you if, back a, mag- a magnet from the yeah, airport. Exactly. You know, but if, <laughs> if gifts isn't your love language, then like you're wasting your, t- your resources yeah. to like love your spouse well. And so really helping them to identify like, Hey, could you like make a bunch of sticky notes and like leave one for your spouse before you leave in the morning? Like that, like there's little predictabilities that you can do, or, you know, like every Wednesday she has lunch that she's going to bring to you. And then you guys can like have a six second hug or a 20 second hug or whatever it is where Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you have that little, bits, like finding those little bits. I think mm-hmm. people try to think of like these grand gestures of like, okay, we got to get a babysitter and then we got to go out and then we got to go to a movie and then we got to go to dinner. And really, if you just try to find the little openings and the little yeah. like sprinkles, like I think of it like sprinkles, <laughs> find ways to sprinkle love through and like to love your spouse and support your, your partner. Like that's the best that way to do it. That's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I love that tool. There you go. Put that in your toolbox. Yep. So that's a good one. What else? Um, I like, I'm a big fan of texting. I think that a quick text, there are some, um, you know, especially if you're in intelligence, they literally have to put their phones like in a lockbox before they go in. So Mm -hmm. you, you can't really text them. Um, Mm -hmm. so some, I suggest emailing or, you know, um, and like you recommend nudes. (laughs) (laughs) That depends on what. <laughs> Maybe not in an email. Yeah, probably not in an email. And okay. all. Reply all. Uh, I mean, bro. okay, so like, I think you would be, you would not be fully honest and you know transparent if you if there wasn't the the truth of like there's a digital footprint so there's at some point you may your whatever you put out into you know cyberspace or could be, could come back or could whatever. Some people just don't give a shit and that's totally fine. They're like, I will, like, you can see my whole body, my face and everything. Other times. I'm of that mind. I'm like, I, I do not care. Yeah. You just, that's that shit up on Pornhub or the internet. I I don't care. I'm not ashamed, but then send it. It's not an ashamed thing. It's just some people are like, no. Like they could lose their jobs. Like teachers. 
like yeah so then don't show your face so then don't show your face right i mean there's lots of ways and you could get around it but don't send the dick pics unless you know that that turns your partner on or that oh yeah no that's a big big thing but like if you're in a marriage like sending sexts or like sending sexy photos so that like they are reminded of you Mm -hmm. when they're deployed or when they're where they are i love that idea yep absolutely yep or recording yourself one of my favorite ones is to like have you record yourself masturbating mm-hmm. like an audio yeah. because you can't see it. It's not even a video. It's just the audio oh, of your sounds. That's, and, that's yeah, actually right? super hot. That's it's like ASMR. I, oh, I, I know. You're welcome. That's a nice thing to get in the middle of the night. You're like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you can play wow. it whenever you want. Right. Because yeah. then it's not on the screen. So it's not like people are looking over your shoulder. Exactly. It's just audio in your ear. Just put Ooh, a little headphone in when you go to bed and enjoy it. Oh, that's nice. Or like reading an erotic novel or something. That's oh, yes. Yep. Book Damn. on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Lots of great <laughs> yeah, ways. I'm a nerd. I want the books. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what else? Um, like that are sex based or non sex based. Well, what about having the ability for the spouse to have an open relationship? Yeah. So this is one that's pretty controversial um, in general. I think, especially within the the marital therapy world um, and in the military world, especially since if you are in a military marriage and one of the partners is active duty and they're breaking the rules by engaging in an open marriage, that doesn't mean that their, their partner can't. So I think that that can be a very viable and a very um, successful model but it takes a lot of communication and a lot yeah. of intentionality and a lot of maturity to do that. It's not a like lot of trust, a lot of vulnerability. Yes, mm-hmm. Like, Hey, um, I, you're deploying like next month. Like, do you care if I bang other guys while you're gone? Like that is absolutely not how that conversation should come up in any way. Please God, right? don't do that. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. It, so it's a conversation for, I mean, maybe not necessarily, you don't have to be at a therapist's office, you don't have to be at a counselor's office, but you definitely need to have the tools to be able to sit down with your partner and say, when you're gone, something is missing and it's causing resentment. It's causing Mm -hmm. anger. Um, I am a very hands-on I want to be taught I want to be desired I don't feel like a whole person and I'm resenting you and the military because of it so it would be great if while you're deployed we could discuss the possibility of me um, having an intimate partner whether that be someone who takes me on dates or whether that be um, someone who I have sex with or um, you do run the risk of you know falling in love with that person and so that's another conversation that probably needs to be had about how long are we doing this open is this open relationship continuing when i come home um because that's something that you would want to i mean if you know your your spouse has been gone for seven months i'm sure that you Mm -hmm. have I mean, I'm going to make an assumption here, Courtney, but when your husband got back from being deployed, how much sex were you having? Like all of it or like none of it? Like what is the barometer? Yeah, that's a really, I think there's a um, misperception that like, as soon as they get back, you're like, I'm just going to jump their bones all of the time. But there's so, it's so awkward. Like you Mm -hmm. haven't been 
around each other and like you haven't seen me my body and or touched or kissed me and like for some people they need like that that build up like okay we're yeah. gonna start yeah. with just like being in the same bed together and we're going to start. And so I always encourage couples to do whatever it is that they're most comfortable with, but to have the conversations of like a few weeks before they yeah. get home. And like my husband, I didn't know exactly when he was coming home, but having those conversations of like, Hey, what, what's your expectation for the night you get back? Or what's the expectation for, you know, because they're dealing with so, so much like the, I mean, I was so annoyed with my kids because all they wanted to do was be around their dad. And all <laughs> I wanted to do was have sex with him. And I was like, no, that go makes so much sense. Away. Go Mom, away. Daddy, me time. <laughs> go Get away. Out but, here. Like, but they missed Who it. Who invited like, you? Oh, me. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And then, but it's like COVID time. And so it's not like I could send them to a friend's house to like, uh, like, can you, and he got back January 2nd. <laughs> so it's freaking cold outside. And I'm like, I'm going to have sex again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Is... It's been seven months and yeah. now it's going to be seven more. And he's right yes. in front of me. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yep. Yep. God. That so that's an interesting like way to look at it too, is like, are you keeping any sort of intimacy alive while your yep. partner is gone? And how do yep. you do that? And then you have to talk to them about it. Cause if one of them, if your husband comes home and wants to have sex and you're like, you're a stranger, like yep. I can't, that's traumatic in, in and of itself, just expecting that your partner's mm -hmm. going to want to have sex with you. And like, then they don't. And you're like, yeah. ow. Yeah. <laughs> right. That there's ow. that, there's that expectation. I think a, a lot of times that happens with men too. Like, oh, well, of course he's going to want to have sex with me. Like I, like what's, and then he's if been he around doesn't, a bunch of other dudes for seven months and yeah. why wouldn't he want to see my tits? Like, right. And so, but then if he's like, Hey, like I just saw people get blown up day after day. Mm -hmm. And that, then there's that feeling of rejection and like, what's wrong with me? And then, right. It continues Ugh. to erode. And so trying to be able to be as transparent with each other of like, man, I, I am just not in the mental space right now. It's not about you, but we don't know that if you don't communicate that. I saw this crazy statistic. Okay. So I tried to look up what a dumb idea. Well, I'm going to tell you how many fucking websites I went to. I tried to look up how many military people have PTSD. Mm, yeah. <laughs> All of them? No. I found 3%. I found 30% oh. a couple mm. times. I found 90%. Mm. I found 50% a couple of times. Like oh, wow. the variation was yeah. maddening. Like, yeah. I could not get a straight. I went to like PubMed. I went to articles written in 2022. I looked at meta-analysis. Like there's no answer for yeah. how many people in the military have. They say, I saw one number that I believe. People who have seen combat mm -hmm. are have 90% of them have PTSD. Sure. Okay. That number that I can understand because yeah. if you are in combat and you have to kill someone or you watch people die yeah. or your friend dies next to yep. you, or there's yep. bullets, you're constantly in fight or flight. Yep. Guarantee you, you've got PTSD. Even if you don't have the symptoms, you probably have some scarring. So working on understanding yeah. that you're probably going to get that if you're deployed and you're in combat. So let's talk about what that looks yeah. like before yeah. you go so that you can already 
have some tools while you're there to process through that trauma. Do you help a lot of people who come back from service and are suffering from PTSD and that's what's causing the difficulty in their marriage? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, so no, I mean, the short answer is no, like I don't do because, because I'm not a there, I'm not licensed anymore. And so a lot of people don't want to pay and invest in the, um, because that's, that takes a lot of work and time. And so they'd rather go through like their insurance or through something that's Mm. covered. And I typically do more short-term stuff and PTSD Mm. treatments Mm. are like, I'm trained in EMDR, like, like I'm level two certified in that. And so that's a great, that's a great tool, but, um, yeah, a lot of people will, will tend to go to like a, VA or their active duty. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Didn't you tell me, and I've, I've heard this, that they've been treating PTSD with MDMA. Yes. They're doing clinical trials with MDMA and psilocybin, which is mushrooms and, um, cannabis. I mean, they didn't didn't you tell me recently that after like four, after four treatments of pure MDMA in micro dosing in people suffering from active, like vivid PTSD, yeah. um, their PTSD symptoms significantly went down, like significantly. Yeah. The, uh, wow. the use of psychedelics in treating PTSD is just, I mean, it's phenomenal. Like it is so promising. Yeah. I know that there there's controversy around that as well, but man, I'm a huge, I'm a huge oh, fan huge. of psychedelics, especially so in good for like natural therapy, yes. like or, being able like to treatment resistant. Too. Oh yeah. It's People like who so have taken awesome. everything. I mean, that's why they're using ketamine is in treatment yep. resistant depression. Would and that it, be yeah. allowed in the military though? Yeah. Right. Tested for stuff like that. No, no. frick no. You probably have to be retired, I would imagine, yeah. or like out Correct. of the military. So that the yes, you cannot be help someone. Yeah. There, I mean, there's some mm-hmm. stuff yeah, mm-hmm. that happens during deployments that people don't talk about of like certain treatments right. with, you know, but yeah, for, but on, on board, no, that you cannot do psychedelics mm-hmm. and be active duty. That's interesting. Mia just said, so they can't actively treat their PTSD. So it's not like you can experience a, I mean, unless you're taking meds, but right. You, unless you you can't experience an active war zone, be involved in a bombing and then go to a room, get a dose, a micro dose of MDMA and have your symptoms already be worked on. Right. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't just go away like that. Right. Either. You're, there's probably going to be multiple yeah. times you yeah. get deployed yeah. or you're active, whatever. Yeah. So it's just going to kind of keep. I'm assuming as soon as they get some conclusive, like definitive, where everybody's like, okay, MDMA is a great tool. It would take so long for it to get into the military oh, before they were 20, like, yeah. 30 it. years. I mean, <laughs> before they're like, okay, we I can mean, help. People are getting, I, I mean, I know of a friend who, um, they, he, they were a commander and they had to demote somebody who tested positive for marijuana use. Wow. Oh, It'd be, and they used it because they were grieving, like the, like they were grieving, like dealing with a, like right. severe grief and stress and alcohol wasn't doing it even uh-huh. because alcohol is legal, um, legal. But, yeah. but THC was, and they were able to function and be better, but pop positive on the drug test. And so now they're That's being really fucking frustrating. Cause alcohol, yeah. like we have a friend who ha- was in the Marines and now has like 60 UIs and is just a drinking mayhem. Like, and how great would that be if he was able to treat it with something like THC so that he didn't Mm -hmm. get so fucked up. Right. Um, when you are 
do you have any clients that that have asked you about open marriages and how to have that conversation? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, yes, I have. <laughs> and what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> what? I feel like she's seeing. Like, she's oh, like, a, oh God, that's a breach how, of contract. How deep are we going to go down this? So rabbit? Kevin and I. So let's say Kevin and I come to you, okay? okay? And and we're letting you know. Look, he's gone six months mm -hmm. out of the year. That's just our schedule. That's his schedule. Yep. He has to go for six months out of the year, sure. and I'm at home. He can't be in an open relationship, but I need something. Mm -hmm. I need something more because when he's coming back, I'm mad because right. he's been gone and I'm lonely while he's gone and I'm blaming right. that on him. And I don't want to keep going down this road. What do you suggest? How do we, how do we open this? Yeah. So I think, um, getting thoughts on it, both people's opinions, like how, how, like from a morality perspective, you know, some people are like, well, that's your, it's, you're cheating. You're, you're, you're mm -hmm. breaking our vows. You're doing whatever. Um, and some people are like, yep, no, I get it. Go to the insecure. I, I try to go to the insecurities the first. So like, what's, what's the fear that she's going right. to fall in love with somebody that she's going to run off on somebody that, um, and usually someone's going to find fear, out is or, that uh, especially with men oh, are we still there sorry yeah sorry it just paused that's okay usually a lot Someone's of times gonna the find, fear is going to find out right um, like well, that sure there's some social shaming but a lot of it is more like mm -hmm. is his dick bigger than mine is he going to be a better lover than me <laughs> like that's that's really what it comes down to like it's it's like i'm not enough i'm not good enough and so then when i come back to this you're not going to want me anymore because you've had this great sec whatever it is and right. not everybody who wants an open marriage is wanting to just have a fuck buddy some people right. like they just like i want to go out on dates like while you're gone i want somebody like to, to romance me. I want to be wooed. I want to be whatever, but I don't want to have sex with them. Or, you know, I've known people who they have arrangements where they're allowed to kiss and do oral sex, but they're not allowed to do penis and vagina sex. I mean, the rules are about as diverse as you can possibly imagine. Yeah. You get to pick those. You get to, you get you to, get pick, to pick your pick rules. Yeah, you do. There's this and great as long as it works for the two of you, I don't yeah. think it's anybody else's business. There's this great visual that a therapist gave to me once where you are this. I'm holding it up so that like people can see me. I'm holding up one hand. This is you and all of your emotions and all of your wants and all of your fantasies and all of your kinks and all of your fetishes and all of your dislikes. Mm -hmm. This other hand is your partner and all of their likes and dislikes and kinks and fantasies and what they want, and what they don't want. There's got to be some overlap. There's that Venn diagram has to meet somewhere. So maybe yeah. it's not, hey, while I'm gone, get into a relationship with someone, fuck them in front, like in 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 our bed um, yeah. and introduce them to the children. Like, <laughs> right. Like there can right. also not, not be, be, yeah. be alone. And don't you dare let a man look at you while I'm gone. There's got to be something in the middle. Like maybe yeah. it is. I want someone to take me out to dinner and I want someone to kiss me goodnight. Or maybe it's... Yep. is I'd like to go to a hotel once a month, go to a bar, get a drink, find somebody and have yep. sex with them in a hotel room. Like yep. find what works for your relationship. And maybe the guy is like, Hey, 
I want you to send me a voice message of everything that he did to you yeah. and how good he made you feel. And I want to hear you masturbate to the sound of, or I want to hear the sounds of you masturbating because of the stories that you're telling me about him fucking you. And then yep. he can be a part of it or don't fucking tell me anything. Yep. hundred percent. Yep. It can be anything and everything you, you want it to be. But again, I, it's, if you see it as a threat to your relationship, well, let, let me say this though. I really appreciate when one of the partners comes and says, I have a need. It's not physically possible to be met by you because you will not be here. I am begging you to help me figure out a way for this to be met so that we can still maintain our marriage. Like that takes that, a lot of courage, a lot of yeah. courage, because the, the easy thing to do is to cheat. The easy thing to do is, mm. yeah, honey, have a great time. I'll see you in seven months. And you're, you're fucking around on them on the side. And I'm not right. judging just gonna you hurt even more yeah. for doing that. Like I, 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 I don't care. Like people's behavior, that is they, everybody has the reasons for what they do, but I have seen it not work out so well when mm. there is a lack of integrity in the marriage. And usually that is a result of cheating. And so is it hard to have these conversations? Yes, it is not easy. Society does not set us up for success. We have been, you know, programmed that one person should be able to meet all of your needs and be your main source of pleasure. And I think that is not only unrealistic, I think it is harmful. And then you have these situations where we're, you're in these high stress, isolated situations, and then you're going to continue to deny this, this need of you. I just, I I see it as being really detrimental when there are, they're not easy solutions, but they are workable solutions that can actually benefit your marriage. If that is your goal to keep the marriage together. Hell yeah. (laughs) If the alternative is divorce or cheating. Yeah. Yeah. Make, talk about make, opening it up. Let's talk about compromise. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about something that we can do to not force that person into a life of sadness and resentment. Like yeah. we are not fulfilling a basic fucking need. Correct. Yep. That is asinine. And then somebody comes home with all this trauma and yeah. we are insisting that they be everything that they weren't for the last seven months. Mm. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's fucking insanity. Yeah. I think it's important too to like, it's easy to be like, oh, this person is un- incapable of meeting this need. And so I'm going to have this other person completely fill it. I think yeah. that can be problematic when you're in a situation like, well, now they've returned and they, they're no longer in the same state, right? They, they come back quote damaged or like there's something wrong with them or mm-hmm. right. They're struggling. Or they're different in any possible, they're different. They've grown, they've right. changed, they've aged, yeah. they've seen things that have changed them and, and we're not addressing this change and we're expecting them to just be the person they were when they left. Right. And so that's still, I, I think that there's a misconception that like, oh, well, they're not meeting my needs. So like, I don't need to pay attention to them. Like I, again, if there's still a desire for that primary relationship to be preserved, Mm -hmm. that requires attention and that requires nurturing. And especially when one partner is struggling, it's not that you, you need to still deny your needs, right? You can, that's important that you have those met too. But again, if you're, goal is to keep that marriage together and to have it be integrous, then it's important to figure out a way to really support the partner that's returning and 
like not like throw it in their face. So like, yep. Okay. Well, I know that like you can't get your shit together. So I'm going to go meet John because he's like awesome. And like been banging me for the last five months. So then you I, don't have, and you don't have the, the, the tools in your toolbox to correct. be able to separate what you need from maybe lust and maybe confusion yep. and some resentment that you have towards your partner. Absolutely. And instead of having a healthy open relationship with someone yep. who understands you and your partner's boundaries, you're having a relationship with someone who thinks that they're getting they're the cat that ate the canary. They're yep. having their cake and eating it too. And, and that is damaging for both partners. So absolutely. absolutely. And, and it is, it's not just a trope, hun. Like the military wives actually ha military relationships have a higher rate of infidelity, yes. unfortunately. Yeah. And it's, it's not a trope. You are, you were spot on when you said it, it's, it's hard to be left alone. Mm -hmm thinking your spouse is dead, can't talk to them, thinking, what are they doing? Not able to meet emotional needs, intelligence needs, intellect, mm -hmm. like parenting needs. You yeah. are the single parent, but they get all the accolades when they come home and mm -hmm. you feel unloved and you feel unworthy. And then someone shows you a little interest and it's like those walls get just completely knocked down. So build the wall stronger, smarter, better. Yes. Make sure that that wall includes everything that both you and your partner's need making yeah. sure that that wall is built with is built with honesty and it's yeah. built with both of you in mind so that both of you can feel fulfillment in your marriage and outside of it yep absolutely. even if that's friendships right mm -hmm. yes oh yes yeah i do find it interesting that it's totally fine for society to like yes like girl, girl, like you have your, like go complain to your girlfriend and like go on a girl's weekend and like just overshare and just completely emotionally dump. But the minute it turns quote sexual, where there's any type of sexual, like kissing or hugging's okay. Hugging's okay. Holding hands. That's okay. Right. With two, two friends. But anytime it moves mm. to like gratification, like, like now you're, the genitals are getting aroused like that, then that's not okay. And so I just, mm. it's like interesting that I can be emotionally completely naked with you and share all of my intimacy of my marriage, all the intimacy of my life, but I can't have my, we can't, our genitals can't touch like mm -hmm. that. Then, then I'm crossing the line. Okay. Or if it's somebody, especially if you go on a girl's trip and it's somebody of the same gender society oh, does not, does not understand that when females <sighs> are intimate. We're way more emotionally yeah. intimate with one another than men are. That's just yes. the way that society has brought us up was to right. chat with your girlfriends, talk to your girlfriends. Oh my God, guess what he did? Da, da, da. And guys don't have that. So they right. don't have these emotional and intimate relationships with their friends, um, which I think is why there's a lot of uh, like not only homoeroticism within male friendships, but also like homophobia within male friendships. Yep. Like don't hug for too long, bro. Like, yep. Like, and girls pee in front of each other and we yep. like you know talk about oh my god look at this weird mole and like how uh, you have these you have these needs and these intimate moments being met by female friends but if you ever told anyone that you were aroused by those conversations Correct. you are a leper and now yep. have no friends yep. like or all of your friends are like want to make out <laughs> <laughs> like, is that happening? Like, what are we doing? So, is this going on? 
or <laughs> I feel like can you send pictures? I feel like relationships. People think of relationships so black and white. You're yes. in a marriage or you have friendships, and those never cross. Yep. You have right. sex in your marriage, and you have conversations in your friendships. And I sort of feel like if we f- flopped them, <laughs> we'd have better relationships all around, right? Yeah. Um, or I, I think if you didn't own. limit them, if you didn't I limit them. them. Yeah. Yeah. If you allowed both of them to exist within both of those spaces. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I have a funny story I want to tell you really quickly. And then I have a question for you. So when Kevin and I were dating, his friend who was in the Marines came to his birthday. Do you know what the story is? Oh, yeah. I was going to bring it up. Oh, good. Do you want to tell the fucking story? Because it's actually (laughs) better coming from you. No, you'll probably tell it better. All right. So this guy, not going to use his name, um, comes to Kevin's birthday and it's his golden birthday. He turned 27 on the 27th. So we had a big party and all of our friends were there. We were playing Guitar Hero. We were drunk. It was uh, it was amazing. It was a great night. And his friend is like, Ashley, we (laughs) active military, active military and in the Marines. I'm going to do my best impression. Ashley. We like, have you ever thought about getting married? And I'm like, bro, I'm dating your friend. Can you chill? And he's like, no, 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 no. Listen, listen. If, if you marry me, mm-hmm. you get $10,000. And so do I. And then we get it, anno- it. And then we get it annulled. And then you get to keep the money and I get the benefits. And I was like, I'm not marrying you. Enter, <laughs> enter name here. I'm not going to marry you. And he's like, no, no, we'll get it annulled. I'm like, I'm in love with your best friend. Right. I'm not marrying you for 10,000 fucking dollars. Is it really 10,000? Did I miss out on $10,000? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I've never heard of the $10,000. What is the benefit of marrying? I thought he was saying he, if he dies, he, the- oh, if he dies. Oh if he dies, you get oh, money. Death That's benefits. A, yeah, the death benefits or something like that. Remember, this was this was like fifteen years ago. So, if that there's, a I mean, death. you do so. Like, if you are single and like enlisted, you have to live in the barracks. But if you are married, then you get money for like being married. Like, you get more money because you mm. have a dependent, and then you can live off base because or live in better housing like in like family housing oh, or live that, might, that might have been why i was trying this to, fuck's just trying because to because then after ashley was like stop, he he wouldn't stop all night long i was like then no. then he went over to her other friend <laughs> and started yeah. doing the same thing to her and she was like oh i don't know maybe she it's questioned like, she actually was thinking about it she's like no because that's like a trope right it's like We'll get married for the benefits, but then yeah, fall in love along yeah. the way. They're called dependas. Yeah, because yeah, you get, I mean, it's socialized health care in the military, so it's free health care. So there was like wow. a, a movie on Netflix, I think, called... Purple Hearts. Yes, Purple Hearts. Yes. <laughs> oh, Mia was like... Mia with the we know exactly what we're talking, know what talking about. about. Girl, we got to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Because yeah, that was she had alive. this girl had diabetes or something, and she married an active duty person because she didn't have health insurance and wasn't going to be able to get her because we're making people pay for medications that they can't have any control over. Yeah. Yep. I know it's, I have a lot of thoughts on that. But anyway, so then there was like this controversy of like, Oh my gosh, people are marrying into like these military members just for their benefits. And yeah, Uh, it doesn't really, does it happen? Do you see it happen a lot? Um, no, but to be fair, like I'm married to an officer. And so most of that is not. I'm going to salute you. 
No, nobody, nobody salutes. I mean, I have had somebody salute me at the gate a few times because I have a, my husband's rank is on my spouse ID. Um, And I'm like, I'm not, but I'm not one of those people where I wear my husband's rank. I'm like, you don't need to call me Colonel, blah, blah. You know, like that's, please don't do that. Have you almost ever gotten in like trouble or something? And then like flash 10, as they say, when you're like a cop, but in the military, you're like, do you know how my, do you know who my husband is? Do you have any idea who my husband is? Who my husband is? You want to get fucked up? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because the doctors are known for fucking people up. No, no, no. (laughs) I'll fucking take your lungs out. You want your asthma inhaler? Do you want me to take away your asthma inhaler? Right. Yeah. Have okay. Have one on your neck. Asthma attack, bro. <laughs> Have no fun CPAP. breathing, motherfucker. Yeah, no CPAP machine for you. Sleep apnea. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Have fun with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Courtney, as always, it is incredible to speak with you. I am just so very grateful for oh, this conversation. You. For you being so open and vulnerable. I know. I feel like the military is like shrouded in some sort of veil yeah. of secrecy. So... <laughs> Um, so it was very enlightening, actually. Good. Very. I'm so glad uh, we got you. Yeah, your tips are phenomenal for military enlisted uh, spouses and for civilian spouses. I think that all of those tips are super helpful. So make sure you take what serves you, leave the rest. Um, use your toolbox to your advantage and and plant what goes in your garden. You know, not everything that we talk about on this show is for everyone. So just take what take what serves you. Um, Please remember to follow us on What's Your Position podcast uh, on Instagram and TikTok. If you want to send us an email, What's Your Position podcast at Gmail. I want to give a big fat shout out because I looked at our statistics the other day. First of all, we have a buttload of downloads. So thank you, everyone, for downloading and for listening to our episodes. Please make sure you share with a friend. We absolutely love when you do that. But California was ousted as the number one state people listen to us in. I I know. For the first time, we are being listened to in a different state more than where I'm from, which is where most of my friends live. So Colorado, yeah. get wow. the fuck up for motherfucking Colorado um, downloading a buttload of our episodes. So but we really... Aren't there a lot from Germany too? Um, there are actually a ton Yay! from Germany. Has, uh, is climbing the ranks. So as soon as we release uh, these episodes, we're probably going to get a much, much more. Actually, Germany yes. and Britain usually fight for the number one spot of my international listeners. Um, so that's many, pretty awesome. How many countries have we been listened to? Then? 50? 61? Yeah. I, wanna say. I know. A lot of India. Because a lot of my uh, episodes have uh, uh, sexual uh, innuendos. Mm-hmm. So I think it gets looked up and it they think it the number one downloaded episode is i'm coming uh, the female <laughs> orgasm opened up and rubbed out and so i think that people think it's just me on a podcast coming spoiler alert it's, it's not, not. <laughs> but i think not yet fix- there could be a not- part two yeah <laughs> Uh, so thanks to Germany uh, and thanks Colorado. We love you so very much. Um, Courtney, would you like to plug anything before you go? Yeah. So um, I would love to connect with anybody on um, social media. I'm on, let's see, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook at Courtney Boyer Coaching. And then um, I just recently published a book called Not Tonight, Honey, Why Women Actually Don't Want Sex and What We Can Do About It. So feel free. That's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Apple Books. Hell yeah, it is. Yeah. And we have a podcast all about that book we um, do. <laughs> that we uh, released. So please go back and listen to that episode. It's wonderful. Um, Courtney, thank you. 
We love you. Thank your Thank husband you. for your love service. You. And we love all of our military uh, friends who listen. Um, thank you all for your service. You do a great deed for this country. Yes, we really do you. appreciate you here at What's Your Position. We are absolutely in love with our service uh, members, men and women who do all of the amazing jobs and keep us safe. Thank you so much for your service. Stay safe. Stay kind. Stay sexy. Your Position podcast represents the opinions of Ashley Weller and her guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is intended for education and entertainment purposes only. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of error. Stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy. Darling, darling, you know that we are sold out. This is fading, but the band plays on now. We're crying, crying, so let the velvet roll down. Villains want to blame while wilted roses build the stage and the thrill, the thrill is gone. Our debut was a masterpiece. Our lines we read so perfectly, but the show it can't go on.